What if time isn't a circle, but instead a triangle? Hmm. Isn't a chicken nugget really just a chicken's egg? All of these questions you can find the answer to on On this Paranormal Live! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy podcast where every week we dissect a brand new tale, claim, case, or beast and come to the conclusion as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. That's right. My name is Roy Powers and across from me is my 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 partner in crime. That's right. Kit Greer. Glad to be here, Roy. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm really excited about today's case that was emailed into us by Adelaide Maxwell. Wow, thanks Adelaide. Now they emailed in saying, "Beloved cult lords." Oh, no no no, no. Adelaide. So, it's a, you could have at least not read that bit to be honest. You're right. That was stupid of it's me. A, it's a PR disaster, man. Beloved lo- lords. She said, "It's a little risky, but it'll we'll do. just cut the first bit okay, in there." Fine. These these guys don't know. They don't know what shit stays in and what goes. Remember last week when I called them all little f- rats? Yeah, yeah. And I said, "I, I can't believe anyone's given us any money to make this shit." And how f- gullible all those f- little and assholes are. It, it is true, but we can't say it. And we cut it from the the podcast. Of course. And we'll cut this. Of course. And the little rats won't even. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, rats. Oh, I said it there. You can't say it in the one you're going to apologize in. Sorry about that, folks. I think there's a loose wire here or something. Add in some loose wire sound effects. The email said, for your consideration, here are some spooky things I've come across recently. Wow. <laughs> Just a off the dome kind of There's a There was a list. list. Yeah. Cool. Basically a shopping list of the paranormal. Interesting. So I took a look through Adelaide's suggestions and one popped out. The story of Stephen Kubaki, a man who disappeared while skiing. I'm a big fan of a mysterious disappearance. Hell, I've done several myself. I thought, why not just dive into this one headfirst and see where it takes us? Hell yeah. Our story this week takes us to the USA. It's an icy cold February in 1978, Massachusetts. And Stephen Kubaki, a young student learning history at university, decided to take a little time off and relax from his studies, heading out on a short ski trip to Michigan. Nice. Now, Kubaki was known to be an enthusiastic outdoorsman, and he'd climbed a couple mountains while studying abroad in Europe. So, you know, he he knows what he's doing. This isn't his first time. But winter in Michigan can drop to minus five degrees, and turning the state's slopes into the perfect location for skiers and snowboarders. Is minus five, are we talking Celsius or Fahrenheit? What's the colder one? (laughs) Uh, Fahrenheit. I don't understand how this shit works, all right? Steven said goodbye to his family, grabbed his gear, and headed out. But on the day he was set to return, Steven didn't show up. A day later and still no sign of him, something was very wrong. 911, how can I help you? Hi, I'd like to report a missing person. It's it's my son, Stephen Kubaki. It wasn't long before search teams and rescue crews were scouring the slopes of Michigan, trying to find any trace of Stephen. Now, as I said, winters in Michigan were brutal, and the police are no strangers to missing person reports. Right, okay. So the teams began scouting the areas where they believed Stephen would have been passing through. And it wasn't long before they found something. As the rescue crew flew over the partially frozen Lake Michigan, 
they spotted something down on the beach. It was his skis and poles, left abandoned on the icy sand. Alright, well, we can't jump to too many conclusions. He might have just gone for a relaxing dip in the lake. Exactly. You're going to swim with skis, you maniac? No, you're, you're going to just, you know, walk out onto the two meter thick ice and start drilling a hole, sure, because there's no water, it's all ice. Yeah, you got to get down it's there. It's absolutely freezing. We don't know if this is a bad thing or not. Of course. We're, we're trying to stay optimistic here. Of course. When the team investigated the area, they discovered a single set of footprints leading down from the skis. They traced the footprints down towards the frozen lake, hoping it would lead them to Stephen, still alive. But as they approached the edge of the icy lake, the footprints disappeared. Okay. <laughs> still still staying optimistic. Yeah. You know? You know, he might have... <laughs> I'm just thinking he might have got like a good bit of... Of a little run up, yeah, yeah, that's right, and then just jumped and dived right into the bish. I've played enough Super Mario in my life that I know on the icy levels you can jump like a mother. <laughs> you can f- basically fly, right? right. <laughs> you know, if you get a, sl- a sloping momentum, you oh can, yeah, you can take off for but real. You don't even need the little wing hat. You're totally you can go. But here's the problem: the ice on the lake was unbroken. The footsteps didn't pick up anywhere else. It was like Steven just vanished. Damn. Even though they found his skis and his tracks in the snow, the team knew that finding Steven wasn't going to happen. Why? Because for whatever reason, Steven had just walked right into the Lake Michigan Triangle. What? That's right, kid. Today we're going to be not only investigating the disappearance of Steven Kubaki but also the Lake Michigan Triangle. I have never heard of this before. Neither had I until I read this email, but we know from 150 episodes of this show that anytime you hear the, sh- the shape triangle being brought up... It's bad. It's bad news. Which is why I do not eat Toblerone. I almost got tricked the other day when I ordered that pizza. I was like, hey, a beautiful a circle. beautiful circle. <laughs> then they cut that thing up. I picked it. I picked up a slice of the, the meat feast and I almost crapped myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A triangle in my own house, in my own goddamn house. And, and that's what they do. They slice it up real fine so you can't actually see that you've got 12 <laughs> loaded triangles. They're invading. They're multiplying and taking over. It's a Trojan horse of triangles into your own home. That's why I sleep in my circle bed in my cube room where I where I live with safe shapes inside my pyramid. <laughs> what I will say is uh, I don't know anything about Michigan. Never been. How, how, how big can this lake really be? I got a picture of it actually right here. Well, to be fair, uh, Lake Michigan is referred to as, I'm sure uh, you've heard, one of the Great Lakes. Right. So it's probably like it's probably like a substantial size pond. In in terms of lakes, it's up there for sure. Okay, one of the but, greats. but but still, like you know, it's a glorified puddle at the end of the day, isn't it? Uh, well, that's that's you're not doing any favors here. I have a picture of not only Lake Michigan but also the Lake Michigan Triangle. It's a very specific location. Okay, let's see. Holy Mother Jesus! Okay, so yeah, so th- it's pretty big. Okay, it's not a pond, guys. It seems like the cities of the city of Detroit seems to be roughly the same size as one of the little angles in the triangle. It's a big enough body of water that uh, ships make voyages across it. It's not just sailing trips. It's their voyages. 
That's how you know it's big. Yeah, that's that's a pretty damn big lake. I'll give it that. You've got several. It's like several big cities uh, bordering it. Like I say, um, Chicago here and Milwaukee. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of space to go missing. Oh yeah. If you get that Super Mario 3D icy slide, there's no telling what state you'll end up in. Well, as we said, the Lake Michigan Triangle has a lot of similarities to the Bermuda Triangle. Since recorded history, this great lake has claimed easily over 1,000 ships. What? Hundreds of them being completely unexplained mysteries. That's insane. But how... Will you let me have one more fact? Yeah, how, sure. How deep is this thing? we got to know. I'll find out for you right now. We've investigated a few deep sea mysteries in our time, like uh, the Baltic Sea and stuff. So I, I would love to know that. I don't want to give away too, too much of the end of the podcast. It's deep enough that scuba divers have located the American Stonehenge at the <laughs> oh, bottom Jesus. of it. Jesus. That deep enough for you? An ancient civilization. The max depth of Lake Michigan is looks like 280 meters deep. That's yeah, okay, that's up there. That's that's pretty deep. One of the first major recorded incidents in the Lake Michigan Triangle happened in 1891 when a large ship called the Hume was just finishing up a routine lumber delivery. Hey, is that the last of the cargo brought to shore? You know it, Cap. We're done here. All right, no point standing around with our dicks in our hands. Let's get this boat turned around, huh? Let's get back home. But as dock workers watched the ship depart for Chicago, they didn't realize it would be the last time they would ever see the ship. When the Thomas Hume didn't make it back home, the owners of the vessel, Charles Hackley and Thomas Hume, dispatched a crew to search for it. But not a single piece of the wreckage was found until 115 years later in 2006. Jesus. When a diving team discovered the ship underwater in perfect condition. When a a ship of ghost pirates raided the port of Chicago, (laughs) claiming as many uh, triangle-shaped pizza slices as they could. Hey, you guys got any ghost booty we can gank? What? Oh my god, why do you still have those accents? Yeah, it turns out they won't let us into heaven. Anyone that comes up in a ship, they automatically assume was a pirate. I told them, why do you think I'm carrying 50 f***ing trees in this boat? I'm like the Noah of trees. My f***ing ark is not only made of trees, but carrying trees. Sure, we were flying the Jolly Roger as a goof. We, we didn't think there was anyone around. But when you die waving the Jolly Roger, you live eternally waving the Jolly Roger. Sure, we abducted some Tom Hanks looking motherfucker for a goof. A sea shanty? Of course we were singing it when we arrived at the pearly gates. Gotta do something to stay entertained. I don't know how it works up there in heaven, but I assume the pearly gates is kind of like the entrance to a club. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's probably a bouncer waiting outside. I think it's one of the disciples is up there. Yeah. The gates, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, one of those guys. One of the guys. And you know, you're letting people in. You're, you're saying, hey, come on, come on. Checking I birth certificates, being like, is that, were you a good person? All right, come in, come in. Yeah, no yeah, no yeah. trouble from you. If you hear in the distance, the Pirates of the Caribbean theme, as <laughs> bottles clink along the clouds and a rowdy <laughs> ghost ship pulls up to the front of heaven's gate you'd be like not tonight lads not tonight no no not tonight no no you (laughs) you you call mary and you tell her the boys are here really you know mary you know mary yeah 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 big friends with mary mary loves us 
Jog on, lads. Not tonight. Not tonight. Now, as I said, there have been dozens, nay hundreds, nay thousands of ships disappearing on the lake. In 1921, 11 people inside the ship the Rosabel disappeared, and their ship was found overturned in Lake Michigan. Interesting. Here we have two cases of ships disappearing, where it seems like the crew just got raptured right off the thing. Right. And the perfect craft is either submerged in the water or just overturned. Is it, is it the weather that's doing this? Is there a beast in Lake Michigan? Are aliens just flipping these ships for fun? A lot of potential paranormal explanations, absolutely. Uh, definitely interesting. We've already established a pattern of events, which is that, granted, whatever happens to the humans aboard is a big fat question mark. Yeah. But the ships themselves are just trashed. Oh, yeah. So they're not like parts of the Caribbean style, like a an empty ship just like bumps into the harbor one day and like, where'd all the people go? Right, right. But the ship is getting sunk it's one get- way or another. Weirdly sunk, but in almost perfect condition. Yeah. That's a, that's a right, weird me. situation to be in. Not Titanic style, snapped into... Ra- ripped, yeah, by an iceberg. One of the weirdest disappearances that took place was known as the disappearance of Captain Donner. On April 28, 1937, Captain Georgia R. Donner was aboard his ship, the O.M. McFarland, heading through the icy waters of the Great Lake when they entered into the Lake Michigan Triangle. The icy winds and cold waters rocked the ship as the day ended and the crew began to retire. Even though the ship was nearly at the port, it had been a long day and the captain was getting tired. So he decided to retire to his cabin and get some rest before they arrived. Well, three hours later, the bell rang from the bird's nest. Land ho! Ease in, lads. I'll get the captain. The first mate knocked on his door. Captain, we've arrived at the port. But there was no response. Captain! They tried the door, but it was locked. The crew began to worry and had no option in the end but to break their way in. And when they did, they discovered that the cabin was completely empty. What? They searched the insides, the entire ship, the waters overboard, but he was gone, completely vanished. And to this day, Captain Donner's fate remains a mystery. Granted, the only life raft's also gone. (laughs) This is, uh, I found this one particularly creepy. That just a single person was just taken, vanished. Yeah. Into the demon realm. Yeah, it almost is like Rapture where <laughs> all the sinning bastards were left behind and the one good egg aboard... The wholesome captain, yeah. ...went upstairs. Um, I will say, because as you mentioned, during this journey, they entered into uh, the Michigan Lake Triangle. Yeah. Which, for maybe some of the listeners who haven't seen this image, they're imagining some sort of Bermuda Triangle situation where, yes, sure, any sane man would sail around it. But the Michigan Triangle takes up all the lake there's there's no way of avoiding it (laughs) there's no there's no point in which you're not in the triangle (laughs) if you're crossing the lake you have to at some point go through the triangle it's very unforgiving like that unless unless you're just dipping your toes like a kid's holiday like dipping your toes in the waters and then going back up the beach yeah you're you're entering the triangle and even in that case you might lose a couple toes (laughs) 
<laughs> one toe that, gets raptured the others are fine <laughs> <laughs> this little piggy goes to the market this little piggy goes to the demon dimension no <laughs> the devil's like that's the toe you kicked your brother with <laughs> Uh, I also find this extra scary because of all the people to go missing on your ship, the captain <laughs> is pretty scary. Like, even when the Titanic hit the iceberg yeah. and was going down, it, it, everyone was probably panicking and screaming. The captain was still there in his cabin being like, hey, that's on me, guys. He was pretty chill about the whole thing. I f***ed up. I was, <laughs> I, that was my thing. I'm supposed to be steering this, this son of a bitch. Yeah. And I put it right into the ice. That's on me. So sue me. He's pouring a glass of whiskey. They're like, I don't think you're sorry. But regardless of that, he was there till the end. If the movie is is telling any truth, he was there as the icy waters exploded in through his windows. That's right. Even if you're like 10 feet from the shore and you go check on the captain and he has vanished off the face of the earth. There are just some salty sea boots left empty where the captain should be. You need, you need to just start firing from the cannons. You don't know what's coming from what plane of, of existence. It's so true. That's when, yeah, even if you, you, you're currently embedded on the sandy beach, you need to dive overboard in a life raft. Just get away from the vicinity. That's right. It, we've said it before. This is where you, um, the mummy returns style, you you start grasping at all the amulets of every world religion on your <laughs> around your neck. Of course, start start praying to Ra mm -hmm. as you nosedive into what you think is water, but you docked forty five minutes prior <laughs> and go face first into the wooden planks of the dock. Turns out that was the accident that was predicted. Uh oh, everyone else was fine. You got a busted face. So here we have a case of an individual disappearing into thin air and never being seen again. Very similar to our first case with Stephen Kubaki. Who or what took these people away? Where did they go? The only way we would ever find out the answers to these questions would be if someone who had once disappeared in the Great Lake Triangle returned. No. It's May 5th, 1979, 15 months after the disappearance of Stephen Kubaki. His parents are at home on a rainy night watching TV when they hear the doorbell ring. When they open the door, they discover their son, Stephen, standing in the doorway. He was alive! What?! 15 months after he disappeared, the family was freaking out. After this long... They assumed he was dead. No one's alive after being gone for 15 months unaccounted for. Mm -mm. It doesn't happen. Well, I guess this case was the exception because Stephen has returned. When everyone had calmed down, Stephen began to tell his story or at least what he could remember. Stephen said that he had woken up in a meadow in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, 700 miles from Lake Michigan. No. He woke up wearing strange clothes that weren't his, and beside him was a small satchel with maps he'd never seen before. He claimed that he had zero memories from the last 15 months. What? He also had $40 in cash, new glasses, sneakers, and a t-shirt from a marathon in Wisconsin. <laughs> That's weird. That's the weirdest one. 
<laughs> I had a newspaper clipping that says I discovered something in the South Pole or some shit. Kubaki said, The last thing I remember was feeling cold and scared of being lost in the frozen darkness. I I feel like I've done a lot of running. Hopefully, I think that is presumably related to the marathon t-shirt that he's wearing. For sure, some reason. that's a great clue to wake up with. Yeah, that's pretty great because you can go and check. They take a ton of photos at marathons. Right. If there's like a picture of you with all white eyes foaming at the mouth as you cross the 10K finish line, that solves at least a bit of the problem. <laughs> and your feet don't appear to be touching the ground, <laughs> kind of gliding. Is it still running at 10K if your limp body floated <laughs> from start to finish? Do I still get the money for charity? They try to put a medal on you. It just goes right through you like a ghost. Jesus Christ! In 1979, he told reporters that he was going to try and retrace his steps and finally piece together what had happened. But since then, he refuses to talk to anyone about the incident and what happened that day. Whoa. Yeah. So we don't even know if he ever did go back and try and figure out what happened. But either way, he won't even talk to anyone about it. Interesting. And, you know, a lot of the times when we talk about the people in these cases, you know, they're people who now do UFO conventions, they wrote a book, or they drank themselves to death. Stephen Kubaki uh, got a master's in linguistics, a PhD in clinical psychology. He has a Twitter account. Oh, shit. He was tweeting last week. He's a normal guy, despite what happened to him all these years ago. That's very interesting. It is really interesting and brings a certain level of humanity to cases that you don't often have when you're investigating the paranormal. Yeah, we don't like a lot of humanity because it takes away the the fun out of uh, dunking on these losers. Steve is kind of, there's a lot of redemption going on there. Oh, yeah. Sure, he was embroiled in some sort of crazy paranormal scandal, but he's lived a completely normal life ever since then. Exactly. And the fact that he does have a Twitter account and is still alive doing things to this day is basically the only reason why I didn't give him a Southern American accent for this story, (laughs) as we do with pretty much everyone in every story. Since then, he's also even written a book called The Meta-Mathematical Foundations of Existence. Okay, I think he's maybe alluding to something that went on then. I looked up the description of the book, and uh, one of the quotes said that the book is about the endless change and limitless possibilities driven by the inherent incompleteness and inconsistencies of all things, thoughts, theories, and universes. Right, okay. And after that, my eyes started to melt out of my head with just how complex the rest of the uh, synopsis for the book was. Not even the book. I couldn't even read the blurb. Yeah, Grant, that I, the bit I that's read... supposed to sell it to chumps all around the world. Exactly. And I'm the chump audience, all right? I read it a, I don't know, American grades. What's dumb? What's a one grade? <laughs> First grade, I guess. I read at that level. <laughs> but that's an interesting pattern of events, given that all we knew about him up to the point of the disappearance was he liked the great outdoors. Sure, who doesn't? Suddenly, he disappears for a year and a half and comes back writing about the inherent incompleteness of all things and the universe. Yeah, which it kind of reminds me, not quite as an extreme case, but uh, do you remember the case of the, I don't remember his name, it was the guy who disappeared 
and in his bedroom he had written all over the walls and yeah. there was a sculpture of a philosopher and he met that alien called Zonktar. That one was crazy. He did a very similar thing, granted not for 15 months. No. But he did disappear and came back and wrote a series of books. That's right. Uh, in his case, he returned f- from, quote, the dark realm. Which, didn't that turn out to be like his friend's house or something? He was at his friend's house, right. yeah. Uh it, it I mean, was like 16 the, chapters long as in not the book was but there was volumes, like volumes yeah. yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm saying and it was all about the experiences he's he'd had while he was in the dark realm whereas steven just seems like a super intelligent guy who had this strange experience in his life and is is keen to move on from it for one reason or another um even though his book is a little out there you know it's got some it's got some interesting theories in it. It's got some positive reviews. He's touching on some some cool ideas that don't seem to be directly linked with his disappearance. Sure. And he's not banking on it. He's not going to UFO conventions trying to sell his autobiography about the day I disappeared, which is a great name for an autobiography, by the way. I'm gonna steal that. So please check out my book, actually, The Day I Disappeared by Rory Powers. You're gonna have to disappear yourself though to to sell a few copies. If you ask my ex-wife and my kids, I've disappeared a couple times. So I don't think that's necessarily the problem. As a pretty small audience, yeah. if the entire audience is your ex-wife and kids. Well, they're not the audience, but they're the reason, not the reason I disappeared. That sounds like I'm a bad dad or something. Well, I think I'm not a are, bad dad. You, you faked your own death to your own family? Once I faked my own death. So, yes, so you did it. Sure, but once, only one time, and there was multiple disappearances. This is a real can of worms, but I, I have to ask, what was one other... I faked my brother's death. Oh. And then I had to go help him, so... Do what? Well, not him. I didn't have to help my brother, but I had to help, you know, like, I had to, like, go to the funeral and stuff, so I was like, hey, your old man's gonna be gone for a while. Don't try and call me. And then I just kind of shut the door and left. So that was disappearance number two. The third disappearance, I fake drove my car off a f-ing cliff. Oh, so how did, how did you fake it? Did you like roll out or put a I put like a, a... I put a brick on the tires. Oh, yeah, sure. And then just grabbing the steering wheel went over into the into the waters so you didn't fake it you very much drove your car off a cliff sometimes you gotta commit if you wanted why to be did convincing. you put a brick on this on the on the because i didn't think i had the nutsack to put the pedal down myself and you know what i didn't because as soon as that bad boy went towards the edge i started panicking i tried to get my seatbelt off i tried to unlock the doors but the they're, child lock they're childproof because i got 12 of the little rugrats 12 <laughs> it was a mini camper all right and it sunk like a rock mini camper doesn't hold 12 it's a tight fit the situation is unbearable hence why i had to leave that one actually kind of backfired because i was like as soon as i came to i was in the hospital they were all there the wife the kids they all saying, oh, made adorable we, little cards we thought so, we lost you we yeah. thought we lost you and i'm just trying to wheel myself out of there but it's not working right they've got you hooked up to the they IV. got me hooked up to the stuff so that was a little annoying but hey this the stories are all there the stories are all there the day i disappeared by rory powers hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 Ooh. so far? Go. Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Ah, oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals, BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. Huh? But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All right, Kit. Today, even though we were kind of focusing on the case of Stephen Kubaki and his disappearance, we also investigated the curse, the legend of the Great Michigan Triangle and all the disappearances that are linked to it. Mm. Where's your head at today? Because obviously, you know, usually we're, we'd be looking at an alien story. We'd be looking at a cryptid story. Today, it's just a basket of strange occurrences that we need to somehow slap a label onto. This is a little difficult for me coming in because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to the Great Lakes. Hey, you're not alone there, brother. They seem to be substantially bigger and more complicated and scarier than I would have anticipated. Oh, yeah. I I think it's useful to think about this as two different phenomena. We definitely have the disappearing ships that that disappear in the middle of the the water, in the middle of this giant lake uh, and sink to the bottom for seemingly no reason and everyone aboard if not disappears dies tragically yeah Uh, and then on the other hand we have this highly bizarre case of a young man a hiker going out into the wilderness and never quite making it just a few feet to his destination of the great lake uh, and going awol for 15 months now that story is even more bizarre i think one interesting thing about steve's story is the marathon shirt Because that shirt grand Steve on planet Earth at some point in the 15 months he was not at home. That's a very good point. You know, we've had cases where people uh, wake up with missing time and all that's left, all the evidence that's left that any of that time existed are strange little artifacts like some goo on their right. their chin or you know some strange imprints on their clothes or something burnt you know uh, uh, in their coattails whereas th- everything that steve has clothes he doesn't recognize but are from this earth maps of this earth a marathon shirt from a marathon on this earth it wasn't a space marathon he wasn't racing aliens that would have been cool but no Yeah, there's no reason, aside from the distance, which is massive, uh, there's no reason to believe that anything really paranormal happened in those 15 months, aside from the initial disappearance. That's right. I think almost a medical professional could go on the line here and say that it's far more likely that Steve suffered some kind of bizarre 
amnesiatic episode that he blanked on a large period of time. Um, he was obviously surviving and living and, and, and by all accounts thriving through those 15 months on Earth, probably with other humans. But I don't know, if that's not paranormal, what do you make of these ship disappearances? Well, I included the ship disappearances because they were kind of a good reflection of what happened to Stephen. You know, disappearances on the lake, unexplained. I, on purpose, didn't get into a lot of the other weirdness that happens around and surrounding the Lake Michigan Triangle, such as the one I mentioned earlier on in the story, discovering the American Stonehenge at the bottom of the lake. Oh yeah, I kind of glided over that. Yeah, we're not going to get into that today. Flights disappearing, UFO sightings. Yeah. Lots of crazy things that could and should be investigated, but don't necessarily do us any favors in deciding what happened? What happened to Stephen? Yeah. So I'm kind of torn with today's conclusion. I think the only problem that I have with this case that's stopping me from deciding whether or not it is paranormal is not that these cases don't seem paranormal, but that all of the events that took place could plausibly happen within our knowledge of how the world works. Mm-hmm. You know, ships crash consensus reality yep ships sink people fall overboard steven people go missing granted it's unusual he was missing for this long you know as i said he didn't come back with dreaming of grays he didn't come back with goo all over his eyes he was just missing it's true you know they say that globally if you think the number of ships that are out there in the world's oceans at this time for uh cruises for transport for trade There's hundreds of thousands all over the world. Yeah. There is a small but measurable percentage of those ships that goes missing every single year. Like clockwork, it's unavoidable. The insurance companies factor it all in because it's impossible not to. There will forevermore be missing ships every single year. And so despite the specific circumstances of these in the lakes of Michigan, these do just happen. Yeah. Maybe it's a wind trap. I don't know. It's in a weird little place. Maybe it's more prone to like freak storms. A lot of the ships went missing in the 1800s where ships were probably built out of sand. Who knows why these things happened, but they did. And there's no real reason I can see from the examples we included today to say that this is truly paranormal. Agreed. Steven, I'm glad you're back and I wish you all the best in the rest of your life, buddy. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Ooh, let me give a shout out to Adelaide Maxwell for emailing in that suggestion. Guys, if you have your own cases that you would like us to investigate, the paranormal door is always open. We don't know how to close it. That's part of the curse. It's broken. We're trying to get it fixed so we can shut it forever. You try and grab the doorknob, your hand goes right through it. That thing died, I think, like 100 years ago. So... Please send in your suggestions to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com and we will take a look. As you know, we don't run any ads on this podcast, all right? It's the voice of the people for the people. That's right. And no one is going to get their grubby little money fingers in our people pie. So you keep your dirty ads out of my show because we have the support of our lovely audience on patreon.com. We shouldn't come down too hard on the ads though because we are about to do a kind of 
it's almost like we've an got ad that campaign. For ourselves. We yeah. do have that campaign. Like, the, were you talking about the one that's coming up, the Pepsi one? Right. Well, we should. Uh, we weren't gonna blow the lid on that right away, but sure. it's quite better it's quite, than, quite lucrative. Though, it is a lucrative. It? I think you can all appreciate that it is a lucrative deal, and sometimes a couple money. What did I say? Money hands. Yeah. In the good people, grubby pie. little money hands. Yeah. Some. You know. Sometimes those hands aren't as grubby as you think, and like a, you got to pick up the pie somehow. You need some hands. It's true. So people all, have been eating with their hands for a long time. So just remember, everyone, to drink Pepsi Max, the freshest way to start a morning. You know, a lot of people. That's all I had to legally say. That not only can't tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke, but actually yeah. prefer Pepsi. And they don't even know that we had to legally say that as well. Yeah, we had. So to just legally say everyone that as well, so. drink a goddamn Pepsi. Right. We didn't. Have, we didn't have to say that. That's just me freestyling. I might open one right now. Yeah, open a delicious I, I, I ice to, cold. I had to legally say that, though. You had to legally But say I didn't that. have to legally drink it, which is what I'm doing. He's doing it. Can we add in the sound effects, please, of drinking a Pepsi? I don't even want the thing to touch my lips. It makes me sick. It's disgusting. Just, just do it in post. My body. So please uh, enjoy Pepsi. Um, and check, I completely forgot what we were Woo. doing here. Uh, check out patreon.com where you can get bonus episodes of This Paranormal Life with no ads. None of these grubby little dirt-fingered Pepsi men <laughs> getting their rank-ass cola bottles in our shit. Until March, and then the, and the, then we the will campaign have to start will rolling. kick yeah, in. Yeah, because yeah, we yeah. promised them bonus views as well. <laughs> but, uh, but the backlog, ad-free, baby. Except for a couple that yeah, we have to superimpose is. the ads That's right. in us. We actually have to go back and add a third host, the Pepsi man, who's going to be delivering zingers uh, that are added in post-production. Yeah. They, uh, they tell us they can do a pretty natural sounding job too. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, check out the patreon.com. Ton of rewards. Um, we couldn't do it without you guys. You're the reason the show can still be can still be going, which Absolutely. we super appreciate. Goddamn Lutely. And if you do support us on Patreon, what we like to do is give you a special shout out at the end of the show. So, special thank you to Taylor Ray. Taylor, you are the ray of sunshine in my life. Ah. And I think that ray is tailored just for me because I feel nice. like all of your support is just slapping me every morning when I wake up like beautiful rays of sunshine. You want to be, that's weird that you want to be woken Slapped up awake for sure. Thank you. Thanks also to Josie Flannery. They say Josie is the highest form of Flannery. <laughs> I love it. And that's because Josie is such a class act that just mention of their name just, you know, brings a smile to everyone's face. I'm smiling right now. You can't see it, but I am. Thanks also to Charlie Roberts. A lot of people rob banks, but Charlie robs dirts. Dirt? Dirts, that's right. And you know, people didn't think it was a big deal. It's like, just let him take it. He's just taking a bit of dirt. It built up and they own a continent now. Oh my God. Charlie is very wealthy. This is like the last episode, the guy who saved up all the land and then he made a castle. Yeah. So, But Charlie's on some continent ruling shit, some Genghis Khan shit. And we're getting some of that continent money, which we appreciate. Thanks also to Alex Horta. If it is an Alex Horta pounder with cheese. Oh! That's right. Our only burger supporter. What does that mean? They're a burger. Shush. Yeah, not even human. Not even just burger. 100% beef. 
except for you know the bun and the accoutrement. Of course, definitely shouldn't have said 100% beef because that's no. just a patty. Right. And sure. I think patty's one 100%. of our other uh, patrons. Oh yeah, patty's coming up and bringing the boys, <laughs> aka the fries. <laughs> so thank you to Horta Pounder with cheese. Thanks also to Hayden Wilson. Wilson, tell me why you're always Hayden. <laughs> tell me why you're always Hayden. Uh, Hayden. We have a hater. We do. What? I know it's hard to believe, you know, we do get a lot of one-star reviews, but all those people, deep down, they love us, but not Hayden. Oh, they genuinely dislike us. Absolutely. Um, to the tune of supporting us on Patreon. Out of spite? Clearly. Oh my god, thank you, I guess? Thank you, feel weird about it also if y'all could pump out some five-star reviews on uh, the apple itunes podcast store that would really help us out because hayden's pretty hitting us pretty hard yeah i didn't know you could multiply reviews like that That's yeah kind of they're a tricky bastard thanks also to jacob twet jacob is always twet you need a twal to dwy him twelve. excuse me he's always twet right Soaking twat. Well, he's always twat because that's his family name. Yeah. But he, I'm telling you he's always twat. I don't yeah. understand what you're And I get that. This. His name's... Twoking. I know he's always twat. Twoking. He needs to be bone twy, but he's not, all right? Listen, you're getting weird. I don't know why you're talking about twoking. I don't know what the f*** that is, but... uh Listen, Just give th- him a th- twat. Thank you, Jacob, for your support. I'm sorry you. that Rory is going off on one. Tweezes Christ. Thanks also to Clinton James. Well, if it isn't the nerdiest cowboy in the West, Clinton Eastwood. What? The the nerd the nerdiest cowboy in the West, Clinton Eastwood. He's not as badass as Clint Eastwood. Okay. He's not as ruthless. He's sure. not as hard, but he's smart. He always keeps his wits about him instead of a gun. Interesting. He's probably out there educating the banditos. Yeah, he, he pulls out his calculator and he's like, I I know what you're thinking. Have I done five equations or six? And they're like, it doesn't matter, does it? Because it's a calculator. There's no limitation towards calculations. And he's like, shut up. He's still a cowboy, so he's a little rude. Right, of but, course. Uh, he's cantankerous. That's Clinton Eastwood. He shoots them between the eyes. He's still a cowboy, of course. <laughs> Thanks also to Jason Robinson. Jason Robertson is always chasing Robert's son. Oh, that's not good. It's not. You don't remember Robert the doll? Yeah. He has a doll child. No. And Jason will not leave him alone. Jason, Robert is a parent you do not want to annoy. You don't want to piss off. You don't want to run into him at the PTA meeting. No. That little guy is made out of Lombardi, the liquid of the dead. All right? So stirring up any trouble with him or his his junior isn't going to be good for you. Just take it from me. Thanks also to Judith Suzuki. Well, if it isn't Rude Jude, Rude Jude um, is just a, your standard run of the mill troll. Um, they just go on to like, they just go on to YouTube, pick the top 10 trending videos, and just type, this wasn't that good. Judith, come on as now. As a comment on every single video. They don't even watch it. What are you getting out of that, Judith? Presumably not a lot, but um, hey, love that you take time out of being a, a mega troll to support the TPL. Yeah, you've given us that much, you can say whatever you want. Thanks also to Maggie Austin. Maggie Austin comes from soggy Boston. That's right, <laughs> a part of the country where the people are cold and the weather's colder. Oh. Um, but not Maggie. 
Uh, Maggie's a goddamn sweetheart. Supports this paranormal life on Patreon. For a that, wave uh, we thank them so much. Exactly. Uh, shout out to the soggy Boston crew. Yeah, Maggie is the umbrella that shields them. Thanks also to Kelly Elizabeth. She is the Kelly Elizabeth. Whoa, I know a lot of Kelly Elizabeths in my life. Probably around 481. What? A lo- weirdly, I have a lot of them in my life. That, there's no way. But there's not that this many on Kelly. This Kelly, number one. Number one in my heart. That's sweet. Number one, I think, uh, in, in track and field as well at an Olympic level. Oh. Yeah, it's really impressive. A lot of the other Kellys I know, that they're not that important. They're not Olympic athletes. <laughs> Let alone give me money on the internet. Thanks also to Ellis Saunders. Ellis Saunders ponders their own existence. They used to walk around, why am I here? Ooh, what's the meaning of life? That was until right. they discovered this paranormal life. Now you got no time to think, because we're telling you what to think. That's the important thing. Exactly. Thanks also to Kevin Wiley. Kevin Wiley smokes seven daily. <laughs> Sorry, I went <laughs> weirdly British at the end there. Weirdly English accent, but... um. It's not a crazy bad smoking habit. You know, it's kind of manageable. Seven daily. Uh, <laughs> That's not good. But, uh, you know, it's something to think on in, yeah. in, in the year 2020. Maybe switch to vaping. See how you feel. I mean, life's short. He might as well enjoy it while he can. Hey! Hey! Thanks, lastly but not leastly, to Chris Murr. Chris actually smokes more than seven. Uh-oh. He's like a f***ing chimney man. Oh, no. He, sometimes he doesn't even open the packet of cigarettes. He just lights the bottom of it on fire and eats it. That's <laughs> not how smoking works, Chris. We tried, we tried to tell him. You're not even getting any of the enjoyment. You're not no getting way. any of the nicotine. And, he uh, just vomits it all up. Yeah. But hey, he seems to enjoy it. And I'm not going to stop him from enjoying himself. So thank you to Chris and thank you to everyone that we shouted out today. Again, if you want to get involved, head on over to patreon.com for more information. And, of course, we will be back next Tuesday with a brand new Paranormal Tale. Give them a gift they'll never forget because they'll still have it years later. American Giant makes clothes that just keep getting better with age. Like their iconic full-zip hoodie that's designed to last for decades. Because a gift they'll wear for years is a gift that keeps on giving. So be a gift-giving giant this holiday season at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code GRATEFULAG23. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code GRATEFULAG23.